Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Mental Theater with Mike and Josh. Yes, sir. It's a special episode we're doing. It's uh, on a Wednesday. I usually record on the weekend in the warehouse, but with our other undisclosed location. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Recorded today. From, apparently, we're from Avengers <laughs> Headquarters. Okay. Avengers Headquarters. <laughs> Stark the, Tower. The, the Batcave. All right. The Batcave. Um, which we're recording that today. They actually call my driveway the Batcave. You told me when I came over. It yeah. looks like the Batcave. It's crazy. Yeah. And I saw your basketball court. I'm like, this is where he picked up his little skills out, out there. But. No, that's not here nor there. So, um, <laughs> want to do a little <laughs> a little catch up as we always do, um, as far as um, the Mandalorian, which is of course the show on Disney Plus, which is getting rave reviews right now, very popular across the entire world. As Star Wars has such an amazing fan base, and it seems like might have been genius for Disney Plus to start uh, with that particular show. Because even without uh, a lot of other new content, they're getting so many subscriptions because, again, that Star Wars fan base is just so solid. So I think it's about another year out before the Marvel shows start, but it's not stopping a Disney train. It's true. And I would also have to say the master stroke was getting Jon Favreau to run it, keeping it keeping in house with, uh, you know, the whole Disney family here. I agree. And Favreau uh, does a great job, as we've seen with, with other movies, starting back with um, even Iron, Iron Man. Iron Man, which started everything. Which started so everything. So he's essentially starting the digital world he, he, on he, Disney+. Plus. That's that's actually pretty true, actually. I think he's I think he's a good actor and director. I always love Favreau. So, um, and I'm sure they're going to have a special preview after a certain Mandalorian episode right before the movie comes out. The Rise be, of Skywalker. Yes, which... Josh and I at some point will view together and talk about our experience uh, watching that movie and watching it together. I can't wait to do that. The last time I did that for a review was the Black Panther one that you listened to with me and my boy Mikhail. So shout out to Mix and the Creative Gourd. However, I actually went in there with a notepad. I was so excited. Like I'm like I I get serious when I go. Let's do it. I'm uh, you know, I'll, I'll do it with you. I mean, I'll watch it like you said once before and then the second time with a notepad to get all the little, you know, intricacies I want to talk about. So, that should be a good time. It will, you know, have a good time that night. So, Mandalorian, uh episode 3, The Sin, episode 4, Sanctuary. Um were great episodes um in my opinion. Um the Sen, which was the episode uh, three, where he brought the um, Baby Yoda. The package. Oh, spoiler alert. Come on, Mike. Spoiler alert. My goodness. Well, listen. Okay. The Mandalorian is a Can, ha- Did you at least have some showmanship? Be like, he brought the package and then reveal what was revealed at the time as you're telling. You know what I mean? Okay. I'll give you that. Uh-huh. But- the Mandalorian is only a half-hour show, which is oh. one of my gripes. We'll get into that later. But I, yes. I love that, but okay. But because of that, it's hard to talk about a show, that length of a show, without spoilers. So I will give a high spoiler alert. But I'll try my best not to spoil it. So I mean, you did say, that. You did say episode three and four, so you, did, you gave him a, a brief spoiler before, but you just have to say it or else people get upset. This is true. So, uh, he brought the package <laughs> uh, back uh, after his uh, after getting the package and, and going through some rough terrain to to retrieve it. Um, speaking to um, uh, the uh, um, Carl Weathers, <laughs> I can't remember the name of his character, but Carl Weathers told him to bring the package back. Uh, right now, he brought it back to um, to I guess the uh, the, the Imperial. The offsprings of the Empire, I guess, because the Empire is dead at this point, supposed to be. But did you ever see the solo film? Yes. So I learned how the Empire was orchestrating in the back channels from that film. Ah. So you, so when you see how you know, spoiler alert for that. But if the uh, Crimson was it Tide? Right. Not Crimson Tide as Alabama. (laughs) The Tide. uh, (sighs) Crimson Dawn. Thank you. Crimson Dawn is reporting to Darth Maul. Right. So I'm like, ah. And they're doing exactly exactly what corporations are doing essentially now. Right. So he brings it to this, uh, I guess, dark channels of the Empire. Empire is supposed to be gone. 
Um, and, uh, you know, he, they give him a high bouncy for it. Um, he's looks a little, he's concerned about, you know, at first, but takes his bounty, goes on his way. After he discovers it's a, a young infant of a particular race, let's say. A particular race, <laughs> um, let's say, with a high metachlorian count, right? That's what it calls it inside the. Uh, the yes, data. I mean he didn't he didn't sense that. No, but, he didn't sense that. So. But, but we saw that, right? At some point. Well, maybe you never know with you know. That's true. Star Wars. Okay, we'll see. So, um, later on, he uh, he takes the bounty um, back to uh, the guild, what he's a part of, and they upgrade his armor. Uh, after having a back and forth with one of the guild members about him getting a bounty for the Empire. Right. I mean, but I was like, bro, what are you mad at? Yes. And that was John Favreau, by the way, if you, if you didn't know. It did sound like him. That was John Favreau when he had the back and forth with Oh, yeah. Uh, Eric Voss said that. That's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he did say that. Shout out to Eric Voss from New Rock Stars. Right. Um, but I knew I knew anyway before he said that. So, um, so uh, yeah, he was upset, but he got the, he got the upgrade. Um, and what an upgrade he got! Look, like he got vibranium. My goodness! Yeah, and, and the new weapons and stuff like whisper. What is it called? Whispering whales or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, whispering whales. And we learn more about the guild and how they operate. And uh, apparently, if you defeat a um, an animal, that can become your your sigil. I guess uh, that's right. That was pretty cool too. Yeah, and but he didn't take it because he didn't do it honorably. I guess by itself. And that was the honorable thing to do. Right. I, I, I agree as well. But it's good. Well, basically what I'm saying is that we're learning a lot about the Mandalorian and the ways of the Mandalorian as the show goes on. Um, Especially in that scene in episode four. Which we'll get to. Right. <laughs> Later on. We're still on the set right now. Episode three. So uh, he goes and he talks again to the Carl Weathers character inside of the um, little lounge bar place they have going on. And, he, and Apparently he's got paid. He got paid. Everybody should be happy. And he asks for a new job, and he gives him a new job, but he's not happy still. And um, then he goes on a ship, and he's about to leave for the new job. And he has a uh, what do you call that? The moment of clarity, I guess. Or mm-hmm. and he realized that he just can't do it. The package, which we won't talk about, but he feels like even though it's literally the most talked about thing on the internet, right? <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> the ba- fa- baby alert. Baby alert. Package, which I already mentioned with Baby Yoda. Uh, which, by the way, let's be clear. It's not actually Baby Yoda, but it's a Yoda-like. Which is why I told you on a previous episode that I'm not going to refer to the infant as Baby Yoda. It's ridiculous. Right. But a bunch. But the internet has pretty much crowned him a name. Well, this is what happens when Disney marvelizes Star Wars. Now you have fans who aren't really fans just running amok with, you know, names without context. Right. And if you know the Star Wars lore and history, um, this cannot be Baby Yoda. A baby version of Yoda. However, that is what his name is. It's on T-shirts now. It's on, which is interesting because when he actually gets a name, do you now have to like get rid of your T-shirt? Like it's just stupid. I, I agree with you, kind of, and the whole thing. So I mean, it's great for Disney because, right. well, actually, it's great for the people who created it and yeah. Disney because Disney doesn't actually own that yet. Right. They probably will at certain at a certain point if they haven't did a trademark for it already. They probably did. I'm sure they would. They did, yeah. However, it's not Baby Yoda, so technically you can't be Baby Yoda, but you know, they just don't own it yet. Yeah. Unless they try to say, which I think they might do for some reason, say they somehow cloned Yoda being winning Star Wars, you know. That makes sense. Family. And this is a baby clone of Yoda who's still growing. Because they, they age at a very slow rate. And according to legends or canon, as you will, uh, apparently Yoda was one of the people who were being cloned in the, you know, back during the Emperor's days. Okay. So Palpatine. So Palpatine cloned himself like a tons of times. And one of the vessels he was interested in was Anakin Skywalker. Of course. Right. But until, you know, that happened with, you know. He uh, didn't have the higher ground, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which he told him, right? But um, but apparently, I'm sure Palpatine also cloned Yoda. 
which would make sense if this really yeah. is Baby Yoda, but it's not actually, I guess. And why the Empire knows about this package. Right. Which also or the, you know, sense. the Fallen, whatever you want to call them. Well, yeah, the, the, the spoils of the Empire. So he feels bad because it is a baby uh, overall. Um, and he goes back um, where he took the baby, and um, he decides I'm going to retrieve the baby. And he basically single-handedly takes out the uh, stormtroopers who are guarding this baby, mm-hmm. and he takes the baby um, out of out of out of where he's being held at. And apparently, they were doing some sort of experiments on him. Doctors said that he was trying to protect them, but we don't know what was actually going on. We have no idea, really. The way he cowered in fear, he knew he was doing something wrong. Right. I would put him in the same category as the gentleman who created the eggs in Jurassic Park and Jurassic uh, World. I, I put them in, in the same ilk. Interesting. So, um, as we're um, after that, he's trying to leave. He's going to try to go to a ship, but apparently. Their super uh, speed dial. I'm sorry. This is like when Cap says language. Did you really just have that as a ringtone? There's no like Batman theme or Iron Man theme. Really? You just have a standard ringtone? I mean, what do you want from me? I want all that. (laughs) You know, I have... I have, you know, I have my sound clips. I just heard the Empire, the, uh, the Vader, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. All right. So I, when I get a text message, because I don't text that often because I use WhatsApp. Yeah. Yeah. As you know. But um, it's the uh, Vader. I heard it. I heard it. Vader and his um, asthma. I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> the higher ground is not his fault. Well, actually, it is. So. It's definitely his fault. <laughs> Especially when I tell you, look, I have the high ground. Like, I understand. What are you doing? Well, anyway, so in episode four, right? right. Or do we do we finish? We're not done there? yet. All right, because the best part of the episode we didn't get to yet. So when he's leaving mm-hmm. with Baby Or trying to leave, they tell the entire bounty hunter guild that he's trying to leave, and they put a bounty on him now. Right. So everyone comes out of the shadows, very uh, John Wick like. John Wick like, and they're after him. And Carl Weathers' character is giving up the baby, and we'll let you go. He doesn't want to give up. He's now in a shootout with about 35 to 50 guys. Who are trained assassins. Trained and bounty, assassins. And bounty hunters. And bounty hunters all after him to get to this baby. And when things seem just as glim or dark and he has nothing, nowhere to go and nothing to do, he, uh, the other members of the Mandalorian come to his aid in full Boba Fett uh, gear with the rocket and everything on their back, which he doesn't have um, uh, at all. Mm-hmm. And they come and with their amazing weapons and they save them and they tell them, you know, their favorite saying that the Mandalorian used, this is the way. Which has also become on t-shirts now. Which I love, by the way. This is the way. So, he gets on the ship and, and, and he leaves. So, um, before we get to episode four, what's your take, your review of episode three? Episode three was a thriller, but also, you know, had its balance in terms of you know, Star Wars, so you have your comic reliefs, you have your, you know, leasing the tension, but you have anticipation. It's just, you know, suspense. Right. So for me, 30 minute show between, let's say, 30 and 40, they've right. been averaging. Yeah. So, you know, let's say 35. 35. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, we were just talking about valuing our time. Yes. So here's, you know, I'll, I appreciate that. And, if you think about how most people now consume their media, usually it's via phone during transportation. So thank you for those who are listening while they're in the car or you know stuck at work, the same way that they would view content right. know, in, in the regular lives. Mm-hmm. So if you have a 30-hour commute, you can watch it as you're going into work if you live in a certain area. Right. And then you'll be prepared to talk about it at work Freshly, and you wouldn't have to worry about the spoilers. All you have to do is avoid social media until you finish the finish the show. Right. Boom. So my thing is that the 30, 35 minute time limit, it, it, it is thrilling, and I and and it okay. Well, if it was a Netflix show which I could binge, I think I will be more apt to liking it. But because you're giving me 30 minutes, 35 minutes, then it's like over for another week. I feel like I'm always wanting 
more. I do believe that is the point, Miguel. Exactly. However, it's like, okay, for the people who don't do that, right? People who sit down at home, pop popcorn, get ready to watch their favorite show or shows or movie. 35 minutes, I can't even be comfortable by the time. <laughs> like, oh, come on. What? Do you, what? We, we both know it's such a thrilling and amazing journey, each episode. Right. You don't care about any of that. You're you're into it. You know what I mean? So that that's all I'm saying. I'm into it, but I would I would like it better if it was binging, and if, if I, and I might well, actually go back and binge it once it's finished. And that might have been the thinking in the show. So now that they're actually being more competitive for me personally, because right. now they're cutting down on people's binging time, but make it more bingeable. So it's kind of giving you having your cake and eating it too. Okay, we agree to disagree so on that. I'm, I'm just saying they, but, they thought it through. But the show itself, well. I don't know if it's just they. Well, you're right because all the Disney shows will be the same format. Also, just a little, you know, heads up. What prevented me from getting to episode four is that I was binge watching Jack Ryan season two on Amazon Prime, which is spectacular. Which I heard wasn't as good as season one. Oh, it's it's a lot better. Okay, I gotta watch it. Still haven't watched Jack <laughs> so, Ryan yet. So but. that that was that. But I love John Krasinski. So, but uh, uh, again. Well, here's the thing. Amazon was very smart in their thinking because every girl I've talked to who loves The Office absolutely loves that show. Right. (laughs) And because of his other films, which he was a soldier. Yes, 13 Hours. uh, He, it's very believable for me. Right. And he's still able to have those gym moments. Oh, is he? But a very authentic way to the character. Interesting. Because, you know, that's just a skill set. You know, just having, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, that's you know another another topic for another day. But yeah, episode three, solid. And again, I I, I love the runtime. Okay, um, I think episode uh, three was thrilling. It was the best episode of the series so far for me. Um, it, it, it taught me a lot uh, that I didn't know about the Mandalorians, even going back to previous Star Wars stuff. Satisfied that curiosity. Satisfied that curiosity. I love the Carl Weathers character. Um, oh, I think he was perfect. I'm so happy to see him back on any type of film or TV. Um, seeing that he's, you know, as as dead in the Creed movies already, but um, which which works for the movies. Don't get me wrong, but right. I would love to see how, somehow him, if he would be able to come back. But nevertheless, um, maybe in the Marvel universe. Maybe in the Marvel universe, <laughs> right? <laughs> Not in the Rocky universe, <laughs> yeah, but right. but um no, it, it was good, and um I I just um I, I I do love the Baby Yoda. I thought it was a good episode. Moving on to episode four, yes, uh, Sanctuary. So now, as we just said, he 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 gets away. He leaves with Baby Yoda. Um, apparently, they've been flying around for a couple weeks, and they decide to settle on a planet which they think was more secluded. They can hang out for a few months just to kind of figure out what they're going to do because he knows bounty hunters are after him because he's a bounty hunter himself. Um, but when he gets there, um, he parks his ship, goes to a local tavern, orders some soup, you know, for him and the kid, and sees someone who looks like she's not from there. Hmm. And he um, follows her outside, and they get into a fight. And they get into a fight, and... Um, Turns out, um, you know, as they're pointing their guns at each other at the end of the episode, I mean, at the end of that, that fight sequence, it was a great fight, so that fight sequence, she's a former stormtrooper who left the Empire. So, because she's a former stormtrooper who left the Empire, she just can't be hanging out anywhere either. Because it's like, the, the Empire like the Mafia. Like, once you get out, you, you know, you got they're gonna kill you, regardless. So... She's got, you know, uh, just regular clothes on and no Stormtrooper stuff or whatever like that. And she said she didn't like what the Empire was doing. She didn't like some of the um, activities, some of the um, killing of random people, things like that. Finn. Basically. So she probably better, she's much a better fighter than Finn, by the way. So, but that's not the end of the either. That's big facts. But, but, um, so, so she, she goes on her merry way. Um, then a, a couple of guys from a, um, Local town, local farmers, they farm and they sell fish and things like that. And um, they're uh, in the beginning of the episode, their village gets raided hmm. by um, some uh, I forget what the name of the alien race it is. Forgive yeah, I, me. I forget the name, but yeah, 
Yeah, it gets raided. Mm-hmm. And apparently, um, they need help because they're just regular farmers. So they, they see the Mandalorian ship fly over the head. I think you uh, missed a, uh, something there with what artillery they had. That the was, Raiders? That was formidable. I was going to get to that later on because they, they didn't really figure out what that was until... But we'll get to that. Okay? We'll get to that. All right. So these guys go and they and, and they seek out the Mandalorian because they see a ship land. They offer him all the money they have, which is not much in his particular field. But he's like, you know what? You got a village. You got food. We'll help you. He seeks out the former stormtrooper um, and, they, uh, and, and they decide to help him. They go there. They say, well, we're going to do a little scouting and find out what the, who these guys are and what they've done. When they do the scouting, that's when they see the giant footprint of the AT-AT, right? That's called. Right. Like from Hoth. Right. And that's from episode AT-AT was first song. Same with episode four? Five. 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 Episode five. So Star Wars bringing back the lore, the rebirth of the AT-AT. Um, and because this episode four was, I don't know if you know or not, but it was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. I did see that. Right. Who's Ron Howard's daughter. And Jurassic World. And Jurassic World. So the whole, um. Disney. Huh? Disney family. Disney again. And he directed Solo. This is true. But also the whole big footprint, the, um, stomping of the AT-AT. They made it seem like a T-Rex. Like a T-Rex. What she knows from being in the movie, how menacing and scary that can be. It's brilliant. It's very brilliant, actually. So, um, cause you never you never saw that in the in the um, other episode five. So, they say, listen, that's AT AT. We can't stop them or whatever. Nothing we can do. But the villagers beg her, beg them to stay. Meanwhile, as the episode is going on, uh, the baby Yoda starts playing with the kids out there. Uh, there's a woman who's there, and she becomes. Uh, Kind of close to the Mandalorian a little bit. You can tell there's a little flirtation going on. Even without his mask, even with his mask on, by the way, which he never takes off, apparently, in front of people. Well, he did. Right, but in front of people, he does it. So he made sure no one was around. They, you saw the scene, right? Yes. He was facing who? He's facing the kids. And he took it off. So anyone could see. But. I think they want you to, to to think about it like the kids were busy. They can they can they weren't looking at them. I think that's what they're saying. Like, okay, Mike, let's be honest here. Yes. If a strange man comes to your village who never removes his helmet, right. the one moment he removes his helmet in front of you of everyone, ain't nobody looking. Really? <laughs> I mean, I can see what you're saying. I don't think that's what Disney wants us to believe. I just want to believe nobody they want us face. to suspend our disbelief. Okay. Yeah, so no one's actually seen his face. Allegedly. Allegedly. So, but he takes it off because she brings him food, right? She's a very nice lady. She brings him food. He has to eat, right? And a very nice looking woman as well. A very nice looking woman. And it was funny is once again, you learn things. So she asks, when was the last time you took it off? He said yesterday. Like, so it was very funny to me because she, she thought it like it was like years ago. You know, yesterday I ate, I ate something, you know, whatever. And how did you feel about her, uh, prowess with a rifle so we'll get to that so when they tell the villagers that they can't help them villagers say we want to help we'll fight so they say we'll teach you they ask for anyone to shoot and she says i can shoot and they say okay well that's one she's very very good with this rifle like she's hitting all the targets as in she's probably another former stormtrooper right which a lot of people are are, are thinking that she was so good with that and again they all come to this planet yeah, but when though? Because she had a daughter who might have been eight or ten years old, or maybe during the Empire, right? That actually makes. And she might have fled earlier. She might have fled earlier. Yeah, that makes it started a family or whatever. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, and it teaches them how to fight, and you know, it, 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 um, you know, not a lot in this episode, but they when the Raiders come back, I mean, with Mandalorian, and they they go out and they get the Raiders to chase them down with the ATAT. They make up a plan. For the ATAT to fall in, in a puddle or, or, or a pond of water, and they wind up destroying the ATAT. They fend off the raiders and they take back their village. And the uh, twist is though is at the end of the episode, he was going to actually leave Baby Yoda there because Baby Yoda's happy. There's kids there, he's having a good time. And one of those bounty hunters found them and has a 
um, is about to kill Baby Yoda and the other former stormtrooper. I gotta get her name, but she sees him and kills him first, and that's what makes the Mandalorian know that he can no longer leave Baby Yoda because they know where he's at. So he takes him with them. So for me, Episode Four was not as good as Episode Three, but it was some character building there. Um, it was uh, still informative as each episode is, but also can see it as kind of a filler episode for a season, but wasn't as filler as like as boring as, you know, boring either. So I thought it was like a little middle ground. How about for you? I mean, I still would give it an eight, eight okay. out of 10. Which is good. You make it sound like it's six or seven. Um, I would say seven. Yeah. That's fair. If, 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 if the seven was a, was a 10, I would say Sanctuary is a seven. Um, only because, you know, it's, it, didn't have as much action. Oh, Miguel. There was a whole battle sequence. It was a weak battle sequence, bro. Let's be real. Weak? Wasn't it supposed to be weak? Who was fighting? The, the villagers. Exactly. That's my point. I just thought that, you know, I mean, listen, it wasn't a bad episode at all. But I felt like what we've, what we've been getting the first two episodes, this wasn't on par with those. Note to the star wars cast and the mandalorian cast uh i would put out a <laughs> apb for miguel sapochnik for the next battle sequence for miguel <laughs> then he will be satisfied even though it's keeping you as engaged as game of thrones which is interesting so I, i'm curious to see if netflix and amazon prime learn from hbo about having not having binging because not having binging works. It builds that anticipation. Well, I, I can't say that. I don't always like binging. Like, I was okay with, like, the Wu-Tang series, right, on, on Hulu. Mm-hmm. That was weekly as well. So I, I'm nice. A, I, I, I'm okay with weekly. I mean, we grew up on weekly. And, you know, HBO was not weekly. Game of Thrones was fine every week. Um, so it was Power on Stars, you know, stuff like that. So I'm okay. It's just that I wish it was a little bit longer. Maybe just wishful thinking on my part. But also know that they're putting a lot of money into this show, which is good. The budget you can see. It's movie quality. So for it to be that much, it might be a lot to ask for a whole hour with the high budget like that. So Do we uh, hear how much it costs to produce? I haven't heard the full price or or the per episode either. You know, like I don't I know Game of Thrones. I don't I don't know this one, but I I just I, I can tell by the cinematography, the scores, the costumes, like it all looks great. So if Game of Thrones is what ten million an episode, yeah, how much would you say Mandalorian is? I would say eight to ten, still in there somewhere. Hmm. All right, yeah, somewhere in there. Less characters to play though, but still the um the overall like Game of Thrones doesn't need probably you know besides the dragons. And stuff as much like uh, CGI. CGI costs a lot of money, so. Well, it depends what kind of CGI. Yeah. And also, baby, excuse me, the infant who looks yeah. similar to Yoda. Yeah. Is actually a puppet, so they went old school. They did. It looks great though to me. It does. Yeah. Um. And saves money. It does, cause some CGI was crappy. Like for me, especially with Black Panther, which is why it's not on my top ten. Oh, it's definitely on my top ten. Because the CGI was crappy, especially in the last train fight. Oh, please. It wasn't? No. It was horrible. Did you watch that? Bro. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) Because, um... We'll we'll, we'll talk about it later, because it's on my top ten. Right, right. We'll talk about it later. So, um... So that, that, that was The Mandalorian um, 3 and 4. We'll talk about 5 after we get to the next episode of Mental Theater. So our one of our favorite topics, The Batman. Oh. Josh's guy, Mr. Oh. Bruce Wayne himself. Um, Young Master Wayne. So The Batman, as we know, has casted several villains already. Catwoman, The Riddler, Penguin, um, and, and several other. Uh, uh, at least that's what we know so far. So... There's, with the success of Joker, there's been talk of possibility of these villains getting their own standalone movies. If they were to do that, not like a a a, a prequel or a introduction movie like Joker, but actual like standalone villain movie like after Batman. How would you feel about something like that? Well, I'm curious what's going to be the role of Batman in all these films. 
is Batman in the films, though? That's the question. That, but that's what I'm saying, because that's their main protagonist, and, you know, is Batman. So right. in, in these movies, they would be the protagonist. So that means the antagonist would have to be Batman. Maybe not, though. It depends. Like, I can see a standalone Penguin movie, as, like you said, the um, the crime bo- Irish crime boss Penguin. Right. Right, without Batman being a... So is it going to be the Italian job? Is that what you're saying? Because, <laughs> I mean, what else could you do with the character? If they're not going to fight Batman, what else do they do? And if it's not going to be an Origins, so they're not coming up through Gotham, if right. it's not going to do that, what do you, who are you going to fight? That that That's what I'm curious about. Are you just going to fight Robin? I mean, because that would be corny as well. So you think if they did like a... um. Um, crime in, in, in Gotham without Batman it would be a good movie. They're not learning from Marvel. But they're winning without following Marvel's handbook right now. But when you do characters like that, that's yeah. when you're able to leverage. Okay. So if Robert Pattinson is as good as we anticipate him being, yes. you honestly tell me you would not want him on screen with Joaquin Phoenix. Of course I would. But you're saying that's most likely impossible. I, I don't think that's going to happen. But if you, again, you tell, you're telling the average person. I would have to, again, suspend disbelief for that because their ages don't correlate. Oh, it would correlate. And the time frame of the Joker movie, which we just saw. Wonderfully, actually. <laughs> Wonderfully. Okay. I, we've been through this. We can go through this again. It doesn't work. Joker was set in the early 80s. He's already like, what, 40 years old? Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Arthur Fleck? Yep. By the time Batman comes around, what would it be, 75? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't correlate. Well, how, Walker, Joker. How, old is, how old is Bruce in that world? And in uh, his world? I think like 31 or 32, something like that. Nah. He was like 11. Oh, oh, oh you mean the Joker's world? Oh, yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like 9 or 10, yeah. So based on that time frame, do your math. So, if 20 years had passed, he was now... And he's supposed to be the young Batman as well. So, yeah. he's supposed to be early early stages. Right. So, let's say shortly after Batman begins territory, but also a much younger Bruce. Yeah. Not much younger, but like 30-year-old Bruce. Not like... I would say late 20s. I'm anticipating. Okay. Robert Pattinson is 33. Let's keep in mind. Right. And usually actors who are older play at least, what, five to six years younger? Okay. Okay. Yeah. We, we can go late 20s. All right. That's fine. So, that would still make Fleck almost 60, if not 60, already. So, again, how much action does the Joker actually do? To your point, not much. Again, he's all his games are what? Psychological. It has nothing to do with brute strength or anything. Because he doesn't play Batman with Batman strengths. Similar to Heath Ledger's Joker. That's not what you're going to do. Of course. You know, which is why people don't like, some people don't like this Joker because it didn't have those mind games. But well, yet, by then, he would be very proficient. Yes, I agree with that. I just don't, I don't see the time working for me. For me, personally. But, but let, let's segue that. Because apparently, because of the success of Joker, which was supposed to be a standalone movie. Mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix is known for not doing sequels, literally. Um, and Todd Phillips only wrote one treatment. He didn't write like a, a trilogy or nothing like that for this movie and director. Um, but apparently, because of the success, over a billion dollars. It did cross the billion dollar mark. Um, they're pretty much Green Lantern Joker too. Um, I mean, but to be fair, as... JC would say this is standard business procedure. So all this could be in place and they all sign on, but it still doesn't have to come to fruition. Maybe Joaquin thinks they're mailing it in with the script and he's like, nah, I'm not going to do this. This is true too. Do you think they should or not though? It depends what his involvement will be in the Pattinson Batverse. Okay. Let's just for argument's sake say he's not in the Batverse. But these movies are going to be overlapping. Yes. But let's just say they continue with that journey. Let's say before he met Batman. Let's say it's five years later. So little Batman is, what, 15 now or whatever, right? So let's just say the Fleck journey is continuing. Would you want to watch that movie of him, you know, becoming more of the Joker 
and the mind games, stuff like that. Well, again, if they make, you're, you're going to have to show Bruce in that world at some point. Right. It's going to be a necessity. So if you show him kind of being like the Gotham Bruce. Okay. Right? And really about his, you know, being a detective, which right. would play into Todd Phillips' vision. Right. Or Matt Reeves, sorry. Matt Reeves. Sorry. Yeah. Matt Reeves' vision. Right. To me, it just correlates beautifully. Okay. All right. So if they show a young Bruce, you'll be okay with a Joker too, moving forward. I mean, imagine. Actually, I wouldn't do this, but they, you know, they kind of they they could if they want. They could use the the uh, the machine that makes your face younger, and yeah. still have Robert have that, but have him in that world as a cameo. I can see that. Okay, um, that's Batman, and they've also uh, um, did some more casting as, as well for that. Speaking of DC, staying with DC theme right now, and Black Panther. No, no, no. well, we get to Black Panther soon. Let's stay with DC, right? Oh, and Black Panther, you're right. Obviously, obviously, <laughs> and um, we actually share the same birthday, which is interesting. Please continue. So, apparently, um, our Michael B. Jordan. Who is also from New Jersey. So shout out to Jersey. Shout out to New Jersey. Shout out to Michael B. Jordan. Um, Great uh, actor. Black actor. You know him from Creed. uh, Killmonger and Black Panther. Uh, The Wire. The Wire. Going on Friday Night Lights. And Hardball. And Hardball. We actually auditioned for the same movie. Really? As well. You and him. You didn't get the part, apparently, huh? No, nah, I was too tall. Because I was taller than Keanu Reeves. Where are you? Keanu Reeves is 5'7". Oh, he's not. <laughs> he's not 5'7". <five>, dollar bet. 5'9". <laughs> Interesting. What is that? 6'1". Six, 6'1". One. Six, one. Keanu Reeves is not 5'7", bro. That's very Interesting. Because he was a lot shorter back in the day, I remember. How tall were you at the time? I was like 5'9". Okay. I don't know. He's... Well, I'm supposed to be like a little kid. Right. But it, I'll be almost Where did like... it film at? It was filmed in Chicago. You went to Chicago for the audition? Oh, no. They had it in Philly. Oh, and Michael B. Jordan was there. My aunt actually used to work for NBC. So oh. she had some you know, had some connections. Like, oh. And you were too tall. I was. And couldn't throw a baseball. Well, I could. I actually came in my baseball uniform. I made it very authentic. I'm joking about that part. Um, I actually have footage of the audition tape, which is great. Oh, so when we get this mental theater um, on our YouTube channel, we want to show that footage. Well, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> but I got to see that. It actually used to, it was online, then I deleted it. What, what, you embarrassed? Well, no, I wasn't embarrassed, but someone else who was in it was embarrassed. So oh. Out of respect for them. You know. Okay. Josh is always a good guy. Just let, let people know. Um, uh, so, but Michael Bay, back to Michael Bay. Apparently, he's been meeting with Warner Brothers about possibly playing, of all people, Superman. Which would be interesting. I think he would make a very authentic Clark Kent. So, my thoughts are I wouldn't want to see it. <laughs> And I want to make sure people understand this because the first thing people say, why? Because he's black. No, not because he's black. Also, side note, would you like Idris as Bond? I think Idris would be fine as Bond, but probably not now, maybe 10 years ago, but not now. I want to do as Bond. Really? You think he's too old? Idris is not that much younger than Daniel Craig. I think that when you sign on for Bond, you're signing on for three or four movies. Yeah, like 10 years. Yeah. One thing about Craig, he's saying right now, think about it is that I'm tired of waking up 5 a.m. in the morning to be in Bond shape. That's why this is his last movie. And why well, the last one was supposed to be his last movie. Right, and he gave him one more, but that's it. They gave him a big check. They gave him a big check, but he's done. So I don't, and if, and the, by the way, uh, the trailer came out today. It was amazing. Did you see it? Which one? The new Bond. I did not. Yeah, I'll say we'll, we'll talk about that later. But it was amazing. Well, I can watch it now. Go yeah. ahead. Watch it now. So my thoughts on Michael B. Um, as, as Superman is that uh, I just don't um, – I don't see him in the role. Because? I, I think he's a little too small. That's number one, size-wise. I'm sorry. You saw Creed. 
Is not it? not body wise, height wise. How tall is he? I think he's six foot even. So he's a foot tall. Excuse me, an inch smaller than Keanu Reeves, who's not Superman. But how small is he compared to Henry Cavill, or even like Dwayne the Rock Johnson who's playing Black Adam? Like these guys are like towering statuesque people. He seems a little small. Even even Ben Affleck, six three, right, playing but, Batman. Right, but camera tricks. You know that. I, I understand. It just doesn't. I mean, let's not forget Tom Cruise is five seven. We know, and Robert Downey Jr. is five eight. So. Right, but on the screen, yes. Um, so uh, I, I don't see it. And then I thought, I, and then going back to the black part, not more about him being a black guy, mm-hmm. but Superman comes more to Superman. There's Lois Lane. There's his family, right? His mom and dad. He's an alien, so inevitably he would have had to be adopted by someone. Someone found the ship, and if it was a black family, I don't, I don't think I want to see on screen a whole, like like a black Superman. Not meaning black him, but you know what I'm saying. Like the whole thing being just the, a black movie as Superman. Like he's eating like you know in the house with his. I'm not gonna go black stereotypical, but I mean he's in the house with his black family. He's got his black girlfriend. And all that stuff. I just don't. I, I don't know. I I don't want to see that. Maybe if they just made him a black Superman, and he still was adopted by um, by uh, by Martha, and um. So you you can't. There's no believable black Martha. I just don't. If you get someone like, what Viola Davis. <laughs> if they can, okay, we have certain dynamics to me, and I thought they would mess it up for some reason. If they, <laughs> seriously, if they kept him as Clark Kent, so you like continuity. Yes, if they kept with, him as Clark with the Kent comics on a farm, even with, if it was a black Martha, I could so see wait, it, right? But if he's it, like, hold on, but if he's like, you know, Clark Kent, who grew up, who who got uh, grew up with his black family in Harlem, like that would just make me, you know, what I mean, if they try to change things a little bit, and that way it would upset me. But if they're on a farm in Kansas and it's a black Martha, I probably would be fine with that. So it depends on how they would do it, really, and I'm afraid they wouldn't do it right. I guess. That's fair. I mean, it depends who's doing the movie. That's true too. Because the again, I was very surprised that Man of Steel was on your list. Well, on Tony's list. Tony's list. Because that's. I mean, I love DC and all that, but no. A lot of people love Man of Steel, and there's a clamoring for Man of Steel too. Yeah, that to me that was too much. Right. Uh, too much power because at, again, we know this in the superhero genre. Once you get a certain level of power and, you know, it's like Superman fighting Thor. Like, what are you doing? Y'all punches ain't affecting each other. So what are you, what right. are you actually going to do? I, I agree. Um, so so that's my thoughts on it. I mean, if it does happen, of course, shout out to Michael B. I'll be proud of him, but I would be a little weary about that movie um, doing well. Um, and uh, apparently Dr. Doom is going to be the new antagonist in Black Panther 2. Well, possibly. Um, How how do you feel about that, though? So, I don't know much about Doctor Doom, simply because, you know, I wasn't really into comics like that. However, I've always been a fan of Batman since I've been alive, simply because of the cartoons. You know, the animated series is a classic. So... For me, whenever you do things like that, it it becomes very exciting. So for me, with uh, Doctor Doom, um, I wouldn't. It would be weird to me for some reason because that movie was such grounded um, in um, with like the black culture, even the Killmonger villain, and Doctor Doom is from uh, Latvia, and he's so powerful. I think it will like change the arc of Black Panther as far as like what we see on screen. That's very interesting. In what way? I mean, honestly, it doesn't matter if it's Dr. Doom or um, Submariner. I feel like it could be both. It could be both. But I feel like that what we saw was a black kid from Oakland going to take the throne from his ancestors. Right. And to change it, not change it really, but for the black people who saw the movie, who aren't comic book fans or for black people who 
just was happy to have a black superhero on, on screen. And for them to see now the villain being some high-powered um, Latvian uh, embassy member, I feel like they'll take away for them. Not for me as a huge comic book fan. But it'll get you back on the Black Panther bandwagon. As a comic book fan, yes. Right. Yes. But as a person who, the little black kid or, or even the, the uh, you know, whoever, the black older person. But here's the thing. Books, if you're a fan of the character and the superhero, you can at least root for him to win. You definitely can. But you know what's crazy? Killmonger had more uh, followers than, than, than T'Challa did. People love Killmonger, bro. Why? Because he was relatable. Well, there you go. But Doctor Doom wouldn't be for the people who aren't into comics. I'm saying. So I'm sure they're gonna try to make T'Challa more relatable. I mean, they would need to. I think. I think. And I think. I think it's gonna be a problem regardless because when you start going to Black Panther two and Black Panther three, these were his actual villains. Whether we, well, we might know it, but whether people who are in the comic books know it or not, I know what we saw. But he had his own villains who were super powered people, not only just his black cousin. So we might have to be able to get used to that. That too. <laughs> you know, you know. I mean, because it is the Marvel Universe, right? It is the Marvel Universe, exactly. And it's, they went to Wakanda to fight Thanos. Yeah. You know what I mean? They didn't do that in Avengers HQ until the third one, but yeah. they were the most advanced place to have that type of battle, and it was hidden in plain sight. It's just... yeah. And even that, it, it kind of made some um, concessions for him, for us, I think, as a culture. Like, I feel like they, they've kept him as the king in Wakanda. But if you really read the comics, watch the cartoons, whatever, like he becomes an actual member of the Avengers. He lives in the Avengers Tower. He leaves the king he leaves the kingdom. He goes back and check every now and again. Oh, I, I couldn't bear to watch that. You right. Can't, you can't leave. Huh? You can't leave. Right. But I think those are concessions they made for the black culture because he actually does not stay there. Because he's not he's not like a because right now he's never actually said I'm an Avenger, right? He just like I was there with you a couple of times, but he actually is an Avenger in the comics. Well, after Endgame, I certainly hope so. True, but again, if you're in Wakanda and I'm here, it's different. But here's the thing. This is the same thing that the Avengers do. They, they're they in one part of the world, which is, let's say, upstate New York at right. an undisclosed location, yet they end up in other 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 side of the world. Why? Because the Quinjet technology, which Black Panther and Wakanda has. Right. So they can be anywhere in less than an hour. Right. However, like I was just telling you, if you go back to the comics and the, and the, and the, and the, and the, and the cartoons and all that good stuff, going back to how it was formed, mm-hmm. they lived, worked, eat, played, exercised together every day. So something happened down the street right now, Avengers Assemble, let's go. It wasn't like, let me call him and hope he can make it here in time. Yeah, but that's not how this Marvel Universe works. It did. They were living in that upstate New York facility. Remember, Some you, of them, not all of them. You remember, like, in, in, in Civil War, you saw Scarlet uh, Witch and, and, and Vision, like, cooking gumbo together. Like, they were living there. Cap had a room. They all had rooms there. I, I get that. Yeah. But, I mean, at the same time, you could still be at different places and still assemble. You can, but that's not how it was formed. It's like, it was like the X-Mansion, right? They all lived together. Same thing. It was just the Avengers were the same way. I, I think there was kind of how the comic teams were formed to all live together as well. Like, you never saw Cyclops have an apartment somewhere. He always lived there. You know what I mean? That's just, oh, yeah, I got you. Yeah, that's how it was. So, But I agree with you on screen, especially from a black culture standpoint, especially after we already got him being the king of Wakanda, that we wouldn't go for that. <laughs> I do I do agree with that. However, that's not true to the comics, you know, overall. Just want to be, you know, be clear about that. I mean, uh, he can't leave Wakanda. I mean, this specific character, right. T'Challa, I right. mean, th- it would make no sense. I mean, but he did, and it was fine. Like, Wakanda wasn't messed up when he left. I mean, in the, in the comics, stuff like that. But, but, I mean, like, he would go, sometimes he would get a call from whoever. He would say, uh, Tony, I got to go back to Wakanda. I'll be back. And then he would come back. But most of the time, he'd be living right near Avengers Tower. And sometimes, sometimes he'll leave for a few months. And then he'll show back up. His room was still like it was. But he literally had a room there. And stuff like that. So. I mean, I feel like they could still do that. They can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, and maybe that'll grow some tension with some other characters, like his sister. But just overall, I just feel like, um, I don't know how I've got the Black Panther 2 comics. But it's fine. Mental theater, right? But well, I, it's on the agenda, Mike. You're right. <laughs> um, yeah, you created. And you ask it out. <laughs> Uh, I just felt like uh, that um, 
I just feel like we are going to be in for some surprises that maybe uh, our culture might not be ready for as these movies move forward, part two and part three, um, because you got to sort of open it up a little bit. And because and even that too, like all your threats can't be to Wakanda either. Like he has to leave Wakanda at some, some point. You know, that's a very interesting statement considering Thanos' army damn near destroyed Wakanda. Uh-huh. That, that's very interesting. Like, oh, it has to be besides Wakanda. Yeah, Wakanda has had, what, the major force of that army on it? I'm just trying to get your point. I'm off. <laughs> well, you said things that don't threat Wakanda. But the thing that was ruining Wakanda was actually threatening the world as well. So there's ways you can have it in there. It's because they sent Vision to Wakanda. He was at the Vision. Vision could be any goddamn where. But they chose to put him in Wakanda because it is well protected and hidden, you know, which is which is fine in the movies, obviously. Or it had the technology necessary to do the task, which is was the real reason. But it didn't because he still wanted to kill Vision. And, and well, it did. It just couldn't happen that quickly. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, we're gonna get these top ten lists or whatever. So, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll get to that soon. 